Podcast Movies Edition, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to this week's Movies Podcast. Coming up, the AV Player Review team join me for the DVD and HD news. We have Blu-ray reviews of Rocky, House of Flying Daggers and The Devil Wears Prada. And on HD DVD, we take a look at Black Rain. And in this week's roundtable, we discuss extras on DVD. From AV Play, it's this week's DVD and HD news and reviews. And as always on the podcast, it's now time for our HD and DVD news. And kicking things off this week is Chris McAnini. Chris, what have you got? Well, it looks like Network are going to bring out a Region 2 release of um, a Stone Cold Turkey from the early 70s. No, mid-70s, I think it was. Hawk the Slayer left on the uh, fantasy bandwagon. This is finally going to get um, a DVD release, a special edition no less, for the 19th of February, priced at £14.99. Um, the synopsis here, because I can barely remember it apart from a strange-looking elf with very bizarre pointy ears who fired a lot of pre-Legolas-style arrows at some bizarre-looking bad guys. It says a story of two brothers locked in Mortal Kombat. Hawk the Slayer is a cult classic. Hmm. Still a student favourite nearly 30 years after its original release. Not sure about that. Described as the ultimate British B-movie, this exciting and enthralling fantasy movie was co-written and directed by Terry Marcel from Dark Knight and The Bill. Yes, it's got, it's in 4.3, matte print aspect, which is cropped for the film's theatrical release. And it's got a couple of bonus features, which is a theatrical trailer, a stills gallery, and apparently 40 minutes behind the scenes footage on the feature film from the Electric Theatre Show. And um, it looks like a feature board from the old uh, Clapperboard, Revenge of the Sword, a making of documentary filmed at the time of release. Remember Clapperboard, anyone? Chris Kelly. Yeah, Chris Kelly, that's right. I've got the novelisation of this, of this film somewhere knocking around. Jack Palance, he's the bad guy. And if I remember rightly, although this is like a fantasy film set probably in just one very poor looking um, scrap of land somewhere north of London, it's uh, he, Jack Palance plays this rather bizarre looking Darth Vader type figure. The way, he, the way his armour is and his bizarre helmet. And he's got a strange hand that fires things as well. I'm going to get this. So, moving on, um, Sony Pictures Home Entertainment have announced a double dip of Spider-Man 2. They're calling it Spider-Man 2.1. And uh, it's the extended cut coming out on the 17th of April, priced at $19.94. This new release arrives in advance of the May theatrical debut of Spider-Man 3 and integrates eight minutes, that's a whole eight minutes, of never-before-seen footage into the main feature and comes loaded with all new bonus materials which going by previous releases of these types of discs it will be a sneak peek probably at the new film and loads of back slapping so anybody up for that yes definitely you're gonna double dip yep a whole eight minutes is it worth it yeah no, i haven't I seen it before i can't see that it's gonna be uh, i'll hold out for the blue direct blu-ray edition i think 
So we'll, we'll move on to Kaz, and Kaz, what news have you got this week? Well, Lionsgate are releasing the third in the Saw movies. This new one, the Extreme Edition, is coming out on the 26th of February for uh, 1999. It's a UK Region 2 release, obviously, because it's £19.99. And uh, the features we get for this, um, apart from its extended Goria cut, are uh, anamorphic widescreen, 5.1 surround, um, an audio commentary by the director and some of the people who created it, uh, two other audio commentaries with, with the producers and then with the technical advisors, and a whole bunch of featurettes and some deleted scenes. I've seen the first two of them, and actually what I'm going to hold out for is the Saw Trilogy box set, which is also going to be released at the same time, uh, with all three of them in them because I quite like the Saw movies, so I'm quite looking forward to this new one. I uh, hear that it's as good as the first one, because the second one just wasn't. But um, but yeah, I'm quite interested in seeing this one. I've never saw any of those movies. Oh, <laughs> God. Anybody else a Saw fan? I liked them. Um, I'll agree with Cass. Saw 2 was kind of, um, I don't know, teenage Saw. It was, it was very much... That kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's like American Pie meets Saw, Saw 2 in terms of it's a load of teenagers that you really just wanted to see die. Um, the best advice I can actually give on Saw 3 is make sure you've seen the first two because it all makes sense at the end. And moving on to Seth. Seth, what news have you got? Well, people are probably looking forward to the um, the movie The Last King of Scotland with the uh, Oscar-nominated Forrest Whitaker. Well, Fox have announced it, but they haven't actually said the release date. All they've actually announced is the uh, extras that you're going to get. So you look forward to seeing the release on DVD and possibly Blu-ray, including a director's commentary, s- uh, seven deleted scenes, and a capturing Idi Amin documentary, as well as other things. It's, it's going to be one of those movies that's going to be... Uh, one of the heavyweight contenders, I think, for, on Oscar night, and I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to see the DVD released shortly after Oscars. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Forrest Whisker, I mean, he, he largely can't go wrong with a movie with Forrest Whisker in it, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to a lead performance by him. It looks really, really good. Well, from the clips I've seen, Forrest Whisker does an absolutely outstanding job as EDM in, but sadly, this is a film that I, I wouldn't, bother with myself because the subject matter just isn't my kind of thing but I know down well that if it suddenly just came on the TV or something I'd watch the first scene and I'd probably be hooked on it it's that kind of movie I think the irony you know The Last King of Scotland a you know, really powerful movie not going to buy it Hawk the Slayer I'm there like a shop you've got it <laughs> priorities <laughs> scary I know what makes sense okay and on that DVD bombshell we'll finish the news for this week For the biggest and best DVD and HD news and reviews, visit avplay.com. And now it's time for this week's reviews and kicking things off is Chris. So Chris, what are we looking at first? Well, I've had a look at a couple of things this week, and first and foremost would be the original Rocky, Stallone's Rag to Riches fable of the down-and-out boxer, Philadelphia boxer, the Italian stallion basically on the ropes and gets the chance of a lifetime to go up against the the heavyweight champion Apollo Creed played by Carl Weathers an absolutely timeless classic movie of the underdog rising up to the challenge um, cue for a song there I think this is its, this is the Blu-ray release and it is a 1080p 
MPEG-2 at 18 MP Mbps, and it has an English DTS HD 5.1 master lossless audio track on it, as well as the original mono, two-channel mono. Now, of course, you can't actually hear the DTS, uh, full DTS HD master, you can hear the DTS core. And to be honest, the sound is not particularly great. Uh, it's perfectly, you can hear everything that's happening, but it's not a lot of bass to it at all. And um, there's absolutely nothing hitting the rears um, and the spread across the front. Although it's, it's certainly an improvement over the Dolby Digital 5.1 on the original version that I had. Uh, it's opened up a little bit more, but <clears throat> it's nothing too spectacular. Another thing that maybe prove a, a slight disappointment when you first spin the disc is the sheer amount of grain on the 1.85 to 1. Um, aspect image. This is an old film. Um, the, the grain has every right to be there. It's always been there. Seems funny they haven't actually restored the print, but damage-wise, there's not a great deal of damage apart from a couple of points that I'll come on to later. But the enhancement of the uh, the Blu-ray high-def process certainly adds a lot more detail to this. It's not as dirty a print as you think. Get past the grain, and you're going to see a lot more stuff there. There's a nice three-dimensionality to it as well. There's many, many scenes set on the streets, the, the slum-ridden streets of Philadelphia. Poor old Rocky, who's moonlighting as a, an enforcer for the Lone Shark, played by Joe Spinell, exploitation king. Um, and many of the, these scenes, in the daylight or even in the nighttime, uh, Rocky's walking across the streets or turning around corners. There's a real depth of field there, which is not on the other DVD releases that I've seen which look a lot a lot flatter compared to this. And it really was quite an eye-opener. I, I, I enjoyed that element quite a lot. Basically, I, it's a great classic film. There's no extras on this at all, apart from its original theatrical trailer and a few trailers for forthcoming Blu-ray releases. But if you're a fan of the movie, I can't help but recommend it. Uh, overall, I'd give it a 7 for this, this Blu-ray disc. Picture-wise, I'd probably give it a 6. This grain, it's a little bit old. Oh, the, the point of print damage I was going to mention. There's a couple of elements of softness which creep into certain areas of the image occasionally. And there's one element where there's a, a rather wide vertical band which sort of flits about in the middle of the screen. But really speaking, it's a nice enough print for me. I was quite happy to get this and I, I recommend it. Um, the other release that I've looked at is House of Flying Daggers. An absolute martial arts classic. Another Zhang Yimou uh, from who directed Hero, which I think this is a much much better film than uh, than Hero. Hero looked very pretty, very colourful. This is far more dynamic, and it has a. Again, we're talking feudal uh, China, but this is a tale with lots and lots of twists and turns. Who can you trust? Is the girl really blind? Um, who's fighting who? Who's on whose side? But basically, lots and lots of extremely expertly choreographed um, fight sequences. Some tremendous um, showcases for you know, the skills of these performers. The fight in the bamboo forest is absolutely tremendous. The fight in the meadow field is glorious to look at and full of complex moves. The standout sequence, again, would have to be the, uh, the famous Echo game, where the absolutely gorgeous ZZ Zhang or is it Zhang Ziyi? She changed the name a couple of times, and I don't know how it all works out. But anyway, she looks absolutely ravishing in this movie. And the, the Echo game is the perfect demo for this disc, sound-wise. This is where she has to... There's a circle of drums around her, and Andy Lau, who plays this um, sort of secret policeman investigating a, ter a terrorist group in this medieval time, 
to test her skills, or whether she really is blind or not, he will flick a bean at these drums, which are situated all the way around her. She then, with her long flowing sleeves, has to work out where that bean hit and hit the corresponding drum. Now, of course, anyone who's seen the film know that at some point he's going to throw the entire dish full of hundreds of beans at these drums and she will then go into a rip-roaring display hitting every single drum in the exact order that the beans hit them. It is absolutely show-stopping and I, I, it's a demo, demo sequence. The best thing I can say about this disc is that it's the, the full um, Chinese PCM 5.1 uncompressed sound which will blow you away. This was actually the first time I'd heard PCM uncompressed and it always sounded... I've got two prior versions of this. I had the original Region 3 version and the Region 2. Uh, the DCS was always going to be good. Uh, it, it certainly blew me away. But this goes a, you know, a huge quantum leap beyond that. Every single speaker is so active. You can feel the air displaced around you. That is absolutely tremendous. Uh, I don't want to go too OTT on it, but it, trust me, it is fantastic. All the other standout scenes for, the, for sound would be any battle sequence. The clanging of swords, uh, you know the impacts, the, the the rush of the the bamboo spears that are being thrown at them. Oh, it, it is simply mesmerising, but it's very very loud as well. So mind out for the neighbours. Now visually, the film isn't quite as striking as Hero, uh, but you know it's it's still very pretty to look at. Now the transfer here has had a lot of uh, flack thrown against it that I've heard, and uh, basically saying that it's it's quite inconsistent. It's a 1080p print and. Yeah, it is inconsistent. Some scenes do look glorious. Other scenes, well, they soften and definition is definitely lost. But one sequence which is a standout is the fight in the meadow. where You've got the, you've got the sun shining down the golden cornfields and the costumes that these characters are wearing, the glints on the swords and the shields. That sequence, that, that to me did look Blu-ray. I thought, wow, there we go. But then you will cut to the next scene and it looks a bit smudgy, a bit dirty, and a, a little less well-defined. So it's a bit inconsistent overall. Extras-wise on this, you've actually got a couple of things. We have um, a creating the visual effects sequence, which, again, just picks out, I think it's three, maybe four sequences from the movie, and it shows how the digital effects were added, and then you get the final finished version. Nice, but you wouldn't return to it. Equally nice, but, and, and, and you would return to, is the storyboard comparison as well, which again picks out various you know, action sequences from the movie. And whilst you're watching the film, you'll have a little box out in the corner showing the storyboards. And yeah, nice to look at, but again, you wouldn't return to it. But this is still a fantastic film, which I cannot, cannot help but recommend. Visually, yeah, it's got moments of, of you know, Blu-ray glory, but the thing about this release is the PCM. I cannot recommend it enough. For that alone, it is an absolute you know, rip-roaring barnstormer. Well recommended for that reason. So Chris, now that you're um, getting up and running with Blu-ray, how are you finding the format? Uh, well, I don't think I've seen enough yet to convince me that it's better than HD. Or, or you know, Maybe I'm making the wrong assumptions, maybe I shouldn't be playing one off against the other. But I kind of expected more from, from Blu-ray. Um, the, the picture on HD, to be honest, I think I'm preferring HD. Although the Blu-ray machine that I've got, the Samsung, is a, a lot easier to use, a lot more user-friendly, and certainly a sexier-looking machine. Um, but the thing that's blown me away about Blu-ray is, is the, the fact that I can now hear PCM uncompressed, 
which is absolutely glorious to listen to. Dolby 2 HD doesn't sound well from what I've seen, what I've heard on the discs that I've got hasn't um, hasn't come near it yet. Well, it's still very very good, but I think overall I'm enjoying the picture on on HD a little bit a little bit more than Blu-ray. But it's down to the titles probably. Um, I haven't seen enough perhaps of either to really make a, a, a firm judgment as yet. But I'm enjoying them both. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to another Blu-ray release, it's Seth Gecko with The Devil Wears Prada. Basically, it's a movie um, based on the book, The Devil Wears Prada. Um, apparently, it's a critically acclaimed book, but going on the movie, I'm sort of struggling as to why. It's a very simplistic movie, where the main character, Andy, played by Anne Hathaway, is desperate for a job and ends up working as one of the assistants for Miranda Priestley, who is played by Meryl Streep. And the idea, the whole sort of premise of the movie is that if she can manage to work in this role for a year, then she'll practically be able to get any other job in editing and journalism, which is what she wants. She doesn't want to be involved in the fashion industry. And obviously, as the title kind of gives away, um, Meryl Streep's character of Miranda just is evil. She is a absolutely evil boss um, who puts her through the ringer because not only does Andy sort of want to do other journalist uh, type roles she's got no interest in fashion and that's quite obvious from uh, the, the trailer which is effectively the, her interview scene the, the funny thing with this movie it, more than anything else from my point of view is it's, it, 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 is it's like the fashion industry or the people that surround it from my perception of them in that it's really empty and hollow when you get down to brass tacks there really is no substance here it's like uh, it's the equivalent of a coming of age movie or something similar where this uh, dawning of realisation that um, everything is superficial it's not what she wants and she's changed into the role of this vacuous person who's um, very glamorous as opposed to the person that she is at the beginning of the movie and does she want to be one or does she want to go back to being the other person that's the whole film in a nutshell um, in terms of the actual disc it looks fantastic um, I've seen it on both um, DVD and now on the Blu-ray format and the colour and the depth of uh, vision is spectacular some great shots um, in the movie of um, sort of the, the city skylines etc um, and they are really really beautiful on, on the Blu-ray format in the high definition compared to the SD version which tends to be a little bit muted a little bit fuzzy and just doesn't have the clarity um, that the Blu-ray disc has in terms of audio the disc is um, a DTS HD 5.1 master uh, lossless audio but as the Samsung can't actually play that back in its native format we get a downsampled version and that's not to say it's a bad soundtrack at all it's very front heavy uh, a lot of dialogue um, the only time that the, the rears really get any sort of workout is sort of during the music and it's very um, pop boisterous um, very sort of typical glam fashion music you know you, you've got all your cliches in there there's sort of Madonna's Vogue in there for example extras really disappointing you've got an audio commentary there's some deleted scenes a gag reel which is actually quite amusing um, and a trivia track which um, is basically a subtitle track um, it doesn't actually make any use of the format itself in terms of the disc I can't recommend it based on the movie I find the movie um, quite average. Um, I would recommend the disc as a, a reference disc um, for the picture quality um, and the soundtrack is so-so. Uh, it's nothing that's going to set the, the world on on fire unlike say the House of Fine Dags that Chris has mentioned already earlier. So are you actually advocating that people go and buy this movie just because it's got a good picture? 
it, it, uh, it's, yeah, I suppose in a, in a, in a way, um, it's a case of if you like the movie, then get it on Blu-ray because the picture is to die for, um, and no pun intended, but c compared to the SD version. Um, but the movie itself, it's kind of, meh. It's just really lightweight, fluffy. There's no substance to it. Like I said, it's, it's like the fashion industry. As my as my perception goes, it's pretty hollow. It's all surface looks. So moving on from Blu-ray, it's now time for our HD DVD review of the week, and it's over to Kaz Harlow, who's been looking at Black Rain. Um, well, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity of uh, revisiting this like late 80s classic. Um, it's it's a Ridley Scott film, and, and I don't know how long it took me before I realised it was a Ridley Scott film. He did it off the bat of Alien, and he and then um, Blade Runner, and uh, he found success casting Michael Douglas as this dishevelled um, rogue cop. You know, he's slightly corrupt, and um, he he basically runs into some yakuza in New York and is forced to follow them back to Osaka, Japan and sort them out uh, with the help of his partner, quite a young Andy Garcia and um, and he teams up with the Japanese, local Japanese cops and it makes for lots of inter-east meets west relationship problems, you know, arguments and uh, misunderstandings and it's quite good, there's loads of action and it's style it's really, really, really Really well done style-wise. I mean, Ridley Scott has that down to a T. He's got all those fans, that misty shadow glaring over everything. He he d does bring that brooding, dark, stylish thriller to the front. It's not a particularly original movie, um, but that's probably mainly since everything's copied that formula since. Um, but still, for its time, it it was very good. I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed looking back at it. It's come to HD DVD uh, with a glorious uh, 2.4 to 1 HD print. It's 1080p. Looks fantastic. Looks really, really good. I mean, if you check out the the first DVD pressings, which were non-anamorphic, the the amount of grain that just isn't there anymore. It it looks tremendous. Um, the the streets of Osaka, which I assume they've tried to give a sort of a Tokyo look to it, um, they look fantastic. So there's a scene where Michael Douglas is running down through the stairs of the underground, and he's chasing Andy Garcia, who's in turn chasing some uh, Japanese punk on a bike, and uh, you can see the the polished like marble. Uh, walls as he's running down the steps and it just it looks tremendous um, as as you can pick up with a lot of HD transfers you can read things you've never read before you know when someone's standing in a phone booth you can read the little adverts that kind of thing it, it looks very very good indeed um, we get a couple of standout soundtracks as well um, the Dolby Digital 5.1 uh, EX Plus track um, sounds pretty amazing uh, but we get a DTS mix as well, 6.1 ES track, and um, I wasn't—I don't think I wasn't—I I wasn't as impressed by the DTS offering as I thought I should have been. Um, the, uh, the, the both of the mixes suffer a, a bit from the material itself uh, and from the age of the production, but I wasn't quite as blown away as I should have been. They were just better than what I've heard before. There's also a host of features straight off the back of the uh, Special Collector's Edition DVD. So that's the commentary you get with the director. Uh, and he's always an interesting listen. 
Um, and then you get uh, the, the script and the cast, which is a featurette. I mean, it's basically a series of documentaries all about the movie, it's the script and the cast, and you got one on the uh, post-production, then you got one on making the film, which is split into two parts. Uh, they're all very good, mainly because inside them you can catch snippets of alternate takes or B-roll footage or just them having a laugh on set. Um, and when there's talk of Ridley Scott doing a... a, a I think a nearly three hour cut of the movie, his first cut, is supposed to be amazing. I just can't believe they didn't fish that out for the release. Anyway, all in all, it was nice revisiting this 80s cop thriller. It's well worth your time. So, Kaz, what did you score this as then? Um, I, uh, the movie is it's a cracking effort, gets an 8 out of 10 from me. Uh, the picture gets an, an 8 as well, the sound gets a 7, and uh, the extras get an 8. Uh, so overall, that's um, an eight from me for Black Rain. Okay, then. Well, that rounds up our DVD reviews for this week. The biggest news and the best, best, best reviews. Best reviews. Hard, tiring work. You're listening to the AV podcast. This week's roundtable discussion. So it's time once again for another roundtable, and this week we are discussing special features. Do you like special features? Which ones we like the most? And the new interactive special features on the new HD formats. So to kick things off, um, we'll go to Kaz. And Kaz, what's your feelings on special features and which ones have you enjoyed the most? I still remember some of the first discs I ever got on DVD, like Ronin and Blade. And uh, I was always really up for the special features because, of course, coming from VHS, where you have none, you uh, you get DVD where you have quite a few. I've always enjoyed uh, deleted scenes and alternate endings, things like that, probably the most. I'm still disappointed by a lot of them, but when you discover like a gem, uh, even if it's not very good quality, it's still nice to see. There, there was an alternate ending for Blade, um, which I was always in- interested in, um, and it's kind of gone on from there. Whenever I've seen alternate endings, alternate versions, new footage, that's been where I've really looked in the special features. Coming now to HD, um, what's really taken my interest more than it did before are the picture-in-picture featurettes. You know, like you have a commentary, but it's more than just a normal commentary. You've got a little, you've got the director in a box talking to you while you're watching the movie, and sometimes interviews with the stars, behind the scenes footage, and you don't have to leave the movie. And that is actually a lot better than before. I don't know how many featurettes I actually enjoyed sitting through the whole of. There you know, there are exceptions like really well made of made documentaries like on Jaws. But um largely this this new feature has brought all featurettes to my attention. Um, anything presented picture in picture is worth a go for me. I even sat through, I think, the Fast and the Furious one, and that's not a movie I needed to dissect technically, but um, but it was worth it for the for the HD feature. So I'm looking forward to more and more films utilising that feature. Okay, well we'll come back to the specifics of each format and how they present their uh, special features a little bit later on. But um, in terms of actual content that's within the special features. What is it that people look for and enjoy the most when you're um, reviewing discs or, or going through old discs that you own? Uh, well, one of my favourite features has always been director commentaries or you know the commentaries of the people in the movie itself, because um, you literally, you know, it's a, it's a chance to be sitting there watching one of your favourite movies, hopefully, with the guys who made it, and it's it's depending on how well they're done, 
They can be very informative. They can be very chatty, very um, you know informal. But it, it, I like them. The, the, it's a great way of getting behind the scenes of the movie and finding out exactly what went into making it. Um, some absolute classics, classic, classic pairings, in fact. John Carpenter and Kurt Russell for Escape from New York and The Thing do an absolute corking couple of chat tracks there. Um, but beyond that, you, you've got like historical chat tracks, which I like as well. Sir Christopher Fragling does um, exemplary ones. Very, very technical, very highly detailed. But there's something addictive about them as well. Maybe it's just me being completely anal about my favourite movies, but Christopher Fagan does an absolutely grandstand job. He did a great one for uh, The Magnificent Seven. He's done a few great ones for uh, the Universal Horrors. And they're really, you know, fact-packed stuff and very immersive. So, yeah, chat tracks for me are always a winner. But I, I do love deleted scenes, as Cass mentioned before. That uh, they, can, they can be the odd gem that comes up. But, you know, a lot of them do tend to be clunkers. Um, makings of. Well, I think they're a bugbear for a lot of us, aren't they? Because you could have the EPK stuff, which is just pat on the back, puff pastry. Terrible, terrible stuff. The likes of Pirates of Caribbean 1 and 2 are just, you know, riddled with stuff like this. And they are an absolute waste of time and, and, and space on a disc. You know, don't bother with them. But... On the other side of that coin, you have some absolutely fantastic ones as well. For the likes of Gladiator, the extended cut, for the likes of Kingdom of Heaven. Again, Ridley Scott there, who does uh, a lot for DVD and the, the home entertainment platform. Um, very immersive, very, you know, absolutely warts and all documentaries that really, really go in-depth on the material. And you've got to invest a lot of time you know, into these things if you're going to reap the rewards. But I love that kind of thing as well. Another guy who does a lot, of, a lot for special features and DVDs is Guillermo del Toro. I mean, an absolute two and a half hour documentary on the original Hellboy release, absolutely amazing, and you know, just all round good packages that he puts together. So they're perhaps my favourites of the conventional sort of uh, special feature. Well, I mean, the special features aren't new. I mean, special features were around in the days of Laserdisc. You, you always had your audio commentary and you also had your uh, documentaries here and there but I think the the ones that I really enjoy are if it's a film based on a true event I always like to find out more about the true event behind the film and I always find it if there's documentaries on there uh, which cover that and a lot of the documentaries these days are being produced just for the DVDs and they're not these electronic press kits that we used to get in the past have you guys noticed um, an improvement in the way that the extra features come across. I mean, you'll always have the likes of Peter Jackson, George Lucas, those type of people who always put loads of interest and extras on the DVDs. But have you found that generally um, documentaries and making-ofs have improved? Well, as you say there about real-life stuff, yeah. I mean, one that immediately springs to mind, and, and again, it's a Ridley Scott movie, Black Hawk Down. The documentaries on that um, have some particularly you know, very, very... It depends on the subject matter, of course, I know. That's a particularly emotive subject for me. I love the movie, and I really wanted to know more and more about that situation. And there are some some great documentaries on the, uh, the special edition of that of that disc, the three disc version. I'm talking about now, which are really really good. I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of hit or mix with extras. I suppose in the doc in terms of documentaries that go with the discs, it it really does depend on the title. Um, some can re really leave me cold. Um, 
some are, are, are really good. Um, I, th I thought the Clerks 2 documentary, which was on the um, the second disc on both uh, SD and uh, HD DVD, um, Back to the World was was really interesting because it was quite frank and honest. Um, you know, where you've actually got these people turning around and going, I wasn't sure that Clerks 2 was such a good idea, and even Kevin Smith sort of having second thoughts about it when it opened the can. Things like that were were, were much more honest than a lot of the uh, original EPKs that were, were being put out. Um, I think that certain directors are beginning to sort of get on board with this kind of thing and think to themselves, you know, well, let's make a movie. But let's also think about where we're going with this in future, with you know whatever format it is. You know, um, you've as you said, like Peter Jackson um, is obviously thinking more DVD. I wouldn't necessarily say Lucas was certainly not on the on the. Uh, I don't know if you refer to it as the first tr the first trilogy, but the the second trilogy that he brought out was much more um, think you know with the, his eye on the ball and thinking you know people are going to be interested in this. You know even you know, sort of low-budget directors like um, the aforementioned uh, Kevin Smith, um, it, even being quite innovative with the uh, the podcast extra that he brought out, um, where he create he um, put out a podcast on iTunes, so you could take your um, iPod into the cinema, watch the movie, play this thing, and it, you'd have like a commentary track playing while you're watching it in the cinema. So that was kind of uh, an innovation, and I think you'll find that that's also on the uh, the DVDs, so there's a, there's a few out there, but yeah, I'm 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 kind of hot and cold about extras like that. So, guys, there have been some absolutely brilliant packages put together. Can you give me your favourites as to overall packages and the ones that had the real extras that made a a, a real difference or uh, innovation to the format? <laughs> it's quite simple. That basically any film with extended beyond it, Kingdom of Heaven, Gladiator, King Kong. All the Rings movies, extended cuts, um, absolutely exemplary packages. I, I simply can't fold them. Everything I could ever wish for in a special features candy store seems to be lavished upon them. And the original King Kong, by the way, in the tin, was a great, great box set as well. Um, you know, actually had a few um, posters and stuff in there as well. It just nice all-round package. Great. I'd agree completely with the uh, the extended cuts. Most of the extended cuts I've come across have been fantastic. Um, amongst the best box sets, I mean, there's one big extended cut that wasn't mentioned, that's Sin City. I thought that was a tremendous extra. I don't think it quite lived up to the comic books. Maybe each one of them deserved a little bit more time, but it was tremendous to have them all separately in the way they perhaps should have been. Um, I, looking back a little bit, I liked the, the Die Hard Trilogy box set. I had plenty of nice features that I liked, and, uh, you know, um, I think the uncut version of Die Hard 3, which I hadn't seen before, it's, it's things like that. And then you got the the ones which, um, well, I, I got suckered into the Event Horizon package purely, <laughs> purely because of the box. It sounds absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, but the box just looked perfect for it. And I checked it out, and the features just matched in with the box. You know, it's uh, talking about the extended cut that should have been oh, released. Yes. And... Uh, stuff like that. That's that's the kind of thing I like to hear in my exercise. That's the kind of thing I like to discover. Um, but I'm looking forward to, as I said earlier, more picture-in-picture -picture stuff uh, with HD. That that's certainly going to make watching documentaries all all the better. The X-Men um, on Region Two, uh, the two-disc one, had um, some superb extras talking about the comic books. 
Um, I thought they were they were very well done. Yeah, it was just a shame that it appears that it was Region Two that got them and nobody else did. Um, anything that's a, a Doctor Who story with a Tom Baker commentary track is also a scream. Here, so here. If you haven't heard Tom Baker on a commentary track, you just haven't lived. Um, He's a madman. He is out there with the fairies on some of the things, and he is very, very funny. Um, it's just worth picking up anything with one of his chat tracks on. Um, they're just, they're just bloody good fun. And I, I think really, sort of, that's probably my immediate pick that that springs to mind. Um, a lot of the ones that. Um, have been mentioned the extended editions I have to be honest I couldn't give a, a, a toss about the extras I tended to get them just for the extended version of the movie it was probably nice having the extras but I've never watched them okay well that brings us brings me on to the next question which is uh, when you're looking at discs to buy or discs that you'd like to review do the extras listed have any bearing on your decisions uh, well Actually, no. <laughs> it, it is primarily the film, and the the extras really are, you know, the icing on the cake, really. I suppose, but the the film always comes first and foremost, and you know, no amount of dressing up, uh, and, and you know, behind the scenes stuff and extra gubbins you can, you know, lob on the top of that really makes that much of a difference. I do love extra features, but they're not the be all and end all for me. Film comes first. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd largely agree with that, but I still think that uh, if I see a movie and I'm I'm wondering whether or not I should go through and get it, and if I see it's got deleted scenes, alternate ending, uh, maybe a commentary by the star and the the director, perhaps not a technical commentary, but like a nice chat. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna entice me in even more, uh, and it's particularly if it's one of my favourite movies, it's worth going back and getting again. But perhaps I should stress though that. If there's a different version, there's a version with just the film and nothing, and there's a version with more stuff on, I actually would go for the one with the more stuff on. So do you guys actually watch these extras more than once? Oh, God, that that depends. I mean, I'll give everything, yeah, I'll watch everything and listen to it certainly once to make sure, and if it's any, if it's any good, yeah. I've, I've returned to chat tracks many times, sad, boring fool that I am, but yeah, it depends on what you get out of it, doesn't it? There's not many documentaries or makings of that I've returned to, to be honest. Um, apart from the the ones on the extended cuts, which, uh, again, it's like, especially on the Lord of the Rings ones, it's like watching the film all over again. So you've really got to put time aside for that. But the, the but the you know, if you do that, the rewards are are fantastic, certainly. But I think in my case more likely to be a blooper reel, which you'd return to if it's particularly funny. And chat tracks. If it's a a single disc versus a two disc one, I'll always get the two disc one because I've always been under the impression that I would kick myself um, for not getting the two disc one if I liked the movie. But if it was like um, a, a Doctor Who disc and it's got a Tom Baker soundtrack, I, I'd buy it without hesitation. If it's got a Kevin Smith one in his movies, I'd buy it without hesitation and I'd listen to it. But if you take um, sort of the example of a, a chat track with the, the stars and the director, I mean, say uh, off the top of my head because I'm looking at it, Resident Evil uh, Apocalypse, that's got a, um, a chat track, um, I think, with Mia Jovovich or Ultraviolet, one of those sort of sort of god-awful movies has got her as a tra chat track, and it's literally dull, um, and, it's, and it shouldn't be. You know, they could actually liven 
a, a bad movie up, you know, by anecdotal stories and you know, sort of a bit of self depreciation in the humour department or something like that. But it's just so awful to listen it's to. A lousy movie with a chat track. It gives them a chance to try and justify the god awful mistakes they made in making that film. <laughs> yeah. See if they could see if they could justify it. By a a Yui Bowl, you know, commentary track. And I'm, sadly, I've had to hear one of those. What, what was the film? Was it that ridiculous? Oh, Blood Rain. Blood Rain. God, God almighty, what a <laughs> mess of a film that was. So bad. And he actually defended it. <laughs> it's yeah. just ludicrous to hear, but ludicrously entertaining as well to hear him say it. Did anybody <laughs> listen to the Paul uh, Verhoeven chat track on Basic Instinct from the original Laserdisc? I think it was on the first DVD release as well. Did anybody listen to that? Nope. No, I, I've I've actually got the the very first Basic Instincts um, DVD release somewhere. Okay, go but have I, a look at that first love scene when he's doing the commentary. It's absolutely hilarious. How he, how he can sit there with a straight face and discuss Sharon Stone's <laughs> nipples is beyond me. I'm sure I've heard him say something along those lines. I'm, I'm sure I've heard that because I, he, I, he's just deadpan about every. Sorry, not even deadpan. He's just deadly serious <laughs> about everything he does, and he's got a huge amount of passion for it. And everyone obviously <laughs> enjoys it, but it, it just doesn't sound right. No, when he's talking and he says, "Look at those gorgeously formed and erect nipples." Takes a tip to another tip. Okay, so so moving on, guys. Oh, I mean, obviously, DVD has spurred on these making of documentaries and all the behind the scenes stuff that we get nowadays. And it, uh, like somebody was saying earlier on, I forget who it was. I think it might have been Chris saying that now when they think about productions, they're obviously thinking about. Uh, so it was Seth. He was right. When they're thinking about productions, you know, they're obviously thinking about the DVD. Um, and a lot of extras they actually mentioned, well, this will make a good thing for a DVD, so this is why we did it. So, do you think that we're we're being overloaded with extras nowadays, just to wrap things up? And do you think you've actually got enough time to watch the film, listen to the commentary, and do all the other extras as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you if you if you like the movie enough to go and buy it, certainly in my case, yeah, I'll, I'll make the time and effort to see what went into making the movie, and I'll, I'll have a look at the, the, the package they put together for its disc release. Yeah, I'd always do that. I, I think there's a cut-off point, because um, when you start getting discs and discs and discs of extras, it's just not going to happen, or it certainly isn't in my case. I mean, the perfect disc for me is like an extended cut with one commentary track by the director and the star, a couple of meaty featurettes, not promotional stuff, some deleted footage and like a blooper reel that's all on one disc and if they can't fit it that has to be because of the length of the movie and so it goes on to two not four not like a special four disc edition it's just a little bit too much um as much as i'd like the movie the three chat tracks you don't really want to watch the movie kind of four times over just to hear every single chat track it's just too much um, one decent chat track would be better than like three, I, th- I feel, and that that holds true for a lot of movies out there. But then on the other side of the coin, some movies can't even get one decent chat track. <laughs> so you know there is a point where you go, what's the what is the point in it all? Well, yeah, point point taken on the multiple commentary tracks. Uh, a director and cast track would be great. Then you move on to the likes of a technical one, which by virtue of what it is, it's just not going to be as entertaining. Um, but I'd still I'd still give it a go, but I'd probably end up skipping a hell of a lot of it. But obviously, like say for example, it was um, a, one of the Rings movies. Um, 
I'd say Helm's Deep, Two Towers. Yeah, I'd, I'd listen to the uh, the technical side of it just for the special effects and that kind of thing, just for particular sequences. It's nice to have it there. You know, I wouldn't like to think I was missing out on something. You know, so I I could, if need be, return to it to listen to the full thing. I like to know it's there, but I'd certainly certainly give it a bit of an airing anyway at some point. But you know, Gladiator, you you couldn't put enough extras on that film for me. He just couldn't. I would never never be bored. Even all the the, the thousands of trailers it puts on, the TV spots, I love them. They're great. It just, yeah. Okay then, so just to finish off tonight, uh, we'll move on to HD extras. Um, I haven't had a chance to really look at uh, Blu-ray, maybe you guys can help me out on that one. Uh, But HD DVD, the HDI interactive stuff, picture-in-picture, you control. Um, What do you guys think of what you've seen so far? Uh, I like picture-in-picture, yeah. I think that's that's quite a, a nice idea. But, you know, then again, it is just a glorified chat track in a way yes it takes you into little documentaries behind the scenes and you know it, I, I do like it yeah it's, it's certainly a step in the right direction it's more I don't know it's more vibrant There's, you, know, you can see them talk and you can you know it, it goes into stuff in a lot more detail so that, that that's good um, the my scenes thing where you rearrange the order of you know your favourite bits and that yeah, I'm not really bothered about that. that 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 does not inform me at all that kind of thing um, and other stuff on HD, I haven't really seen a great deal of particularly innovative stuff on HD as yet. Um, and sadly, on Blu-ray, I've probably seen even less. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you one thing, I, I like the uh, the pop-up menus on HD. I'm not so fussed on the pop-up menus on Blu-ray for some reason. They just don't seem as appealing. I don't know why that is, but they just don't. But Blu-ray exclusive stuff, I've not seen a great deal. There's one on AVP, which I don't know if someone else can help me as to what this is. It says Enhanced for D-Box Motion Control Systems. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to be, the again, a bit of a stick in the mud regarding the picture-in-picture, because if you cast your minds way back, um, Special Edition of Ghostbusters had it on standard DVD, had a picture-in-picture track as such. Um, mm. And so did more rats. Um, so it's been done. Yeah, there before. have been a few. Yeah, it has been done before. Um, obviously, it's probably a lot easier to do on the HD um, using their scripting, etc. Um, and again, it comes down to depending on the movie. Depends on if I'm in the mood or you know if I'm remotely interested. Uh, I think so far a lot of the movies that have come out on HD haven't had the um, the, the, the sort of the movie that's warranted me wanting to delve too far into the extras out of choice, rather than from the reviewing point of view. Um, you know, if it, if it was a, a movie such as The Matrix, you know, I'll be there like a shot, go, you know, playing with it till my heart's content, um, or Seven or something like that. But um, at the moment, it's it's still early days for them to get to grips with the technology, and the movies are a little bit too slight for me at the moment. So what about the proposed usability which is yet to come online, such as your bookmarks, being able to share your bookmarks with other people? Um, Every time you put a disc in, if there's a new menu system, seemingly HD DVD can then download a new menu system for it. And the trailers before the movies can also be updated in real time when you connect it to the internet. So would those kind of things be of, of interest? No. <laughs> so I can see people being no. interested. I can see people being interested, but to me, it would just slow down the it, whole process. I think it's, just, it's a, that's a novelty that, and 
I probably would even indulge, um, you know, initially. But I, I don't think I'd stick with that kind of thing at all. I'm, I'm not. I don't even download the stuff onto it. I like the package on the disc. Is the package that I I, I want. Um, I don't particularly want to uh, add stuff to it. I don't want to be sharing bookmarks and changing menus. No, what what they what they've put there initially is is enough for me. I think. Um, I don't really want to be that. It's probably surprising coming from me. I don't want to be that interactive with the uh, the package itself, if you know what I mean. Okay, then, so we'll round up there. If anybody is interested in finding out what HD DVD can do, I noticed that they put a, a nice new video up on their website. It's the look and sound of perfect.com. And it's uh, Kevin who did the Microsoft thing back in December at PG Hi-Fi in Guildford at CES, and it's excellent. So go and have a look at that if you want to find out any more. So our thanks to Chris McAnini, Kaz Harlow, and Seth Gecko. And that's been our roundtable for this week. Made by enthusiasts. For enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie, thanks. This is the AV Podcast. And that's all we've got time for for this week's Movies Podcast. Don't forget to download the Home Cinema and Games Edition for this week. And we'll be back with more of the same next week. The AV Podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Player Review Team were Chris McAnini, Cass Harlow, Simon Crust and Seth Gecko. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.